0: Why she started Orange Theory Fitness, how much money she invested into Orange Theory in the beginning, the three keys to having the same two business partners for the last 13 years, what makes Orange Theory different from all other workouts on the market, the biggest thing that she's learned about herself since becoming a grandmother, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number three, two, seven, and I've got a special one for y'all today with the partner and founder of Orange Theory Fitness, Ellen Latham. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Discipline is the most important muscle that you can build to go from where you are to where you want to be. And the discipline that I teach you to achieve your fitness goals is the same discipline that you'll leverage to achieve your life goals. I know that the single defining difference between losers and winners is losers know what to do, but winners actually do it. So become a winner today and join the 10-week transformation program at go.dotnickcarrier.dotcom/slash. 10-week program. You can get started from anywhere today. You guys, today I could not be more amped up to bring you the one and only Ellen Latham. Ellen is a partner and founder of Orange Theory Fitness. She is a highly trained physiologist with a lifelong passion for health and fitness. Her desire to be on the cutting edge of fitness inspired Ellen to design the ultimate workout, which became the foundation for Orange Theory Fitness, hailed by the New York Times as an effective new plateau-busting workout. Now, as most of you know, I've been coaching Orange Theory since January 2016 when I was a junior at the University of Georgia. It was my first job in fitness and it changed my life forever, so this one was extra special for me. Before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast on Apple Podcast app, on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be be sure you share this episode with a friend while you're listening. I know a lot of you guys out there go to Orange Theory, maybe even take my class, so make sure that you share it with your workout partner that also goes to Orange Theory with you. All you got to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, I'd love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Ellen Latham. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You podcast. I could not be more excited today to have the founder of Orange Theory Fitness, the one and only, Ellen Latham, with me today. Ellen, I just want to start off by saying what an honor it is for you to be joining me here today.
1: I it, I'm thrilled. I I love to talk orange. So anyone who's willing to listen, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it.
0: I love it. Well, basically all of my audience knows that I've that I coach Orange Theory. And I have been now since the beginning of 2016. Um, So I've been doing it for uh, quite some time now. And it was my first job in the health and fitness space. Actually, when I was a junior in college, I started it. And basically, before I even asked the first question, I just want to acknowledge you for honestly, like changing my life because I, I studied finance and insurance when I was in school. And then I got introduced to fitness and first started with Orange Theory Fitness. And I absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with the workout, fell in love with the energy of it, fell in love with the members and the community. And ever since I, you know, decided that I wanted to do it full time and and not pursue necessarily my finance and and insurance career. And so I just want to acknowledge you for changing my life and changing all the other, so many others, um, both employees and members lives. So just wanted to start off like that.
1: I hear rave reviews about the kind of coach you are and it sounds like exactly the, when I wrote my book the type of coach that should be working for orange theory so I thank you
0: yeah well I appreciate it I appreciate it well to start off I want to uh kind of give everyone a, a, a brief background so kind of back when you were in your early 50s you had this pilates studio and you were everybody loved the pilates studio but everybody was kind of wanting this type of workout also where they could start to burn, burn some fat because Pilates is a great workout, but it doesn't necessarily have a metabolic component to where you're going to burn fat as well. And so you kind of opened up this other room and you started running this additional workout and people were loving it. They were seeing some great results. Your classes were packed. And then all of a sudden, I understand that one of your members walked in and said that you should talk to my husband. Like he's involved with franchising. He helped Massage Envy grow. And you originally weren't that sure. And then you came back a little bit later and you're like, let's do this thing. Let's have this this conversation. And so you were at the time, 54 years old, single mother uh, of one nine-year-old child. What were the habits or what were the things that you had done leading up to that point in your life that you think prepared you for what was going to happen over the next decade?
1: Well, listen, I've been in the fitness industry for literally 45 years this year. So think about your coaching. I've been doing yeah. it for 45 years straight, except when I had Evan, which I only took off six weeks and I was back to group instruction. So group uh, format was my forte. That's what I love coaching, you know, as opposed to uh, in fitness, personal training and that type of thing. Group training was just something I was very good at. I was passionate about. I was creative with. So I just stuck with for decades. Uh, schooling wise, I have a bachelor's in fitness. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology. And when you talk about preparation, it's, and I give this advice all the time to coaches, to new franchisees that are, you know, they're new to owning a business is you have to be an intentional learner. And what I mean by that is your learning does not stop when that degree is handed to you on stage. And that's what I, the most beneficial thing that I did from day one, from the day I graduated, I continued every certification in fitness that was possible. I'm certified in kickboxing, slide, spin, step, every mode of fitness that ever existed. I not only studied fitness in the normal sense of physiology, but also psychology and behavioral aspects of human beings. And I took to that because I wanted in a group setting to be able to appeal to all levels of people and you know, to make everyone successful. You know, fitness is about giving hope in my eyes. And this is something that the fitness industry has not done well for the many decades I've been in it. It's great if you're someone who already innately takes to fitness. If you're already somewhat fit, it's great. You go into a gym, you feel comfortable. You get pushed, you're naturally motivated. But if you're not, which is 80% of our population, you kind of are lost. And that's what I felt in group fitness that really didn't happen real well out there. So when you talk about preparation, it's intentional learning. It's looking at what's missing. And then trying to fill that need.
0: Mm, So you really thought there was a gap between the people who were were not comfortable going to working out by themselves or going to a group class. uh, And you felt like you could break down that barrier of making people feel comfortable kind of stepping into that space.
1: I knew that because I taught. I mean, I remember teaching step classes and aerobic classes and the all the girls that were the fitness queens all got in the front and second row right behind me as I was leading the routines. And you'd see the other people kind of creeping in the back row, hiding in the corner because maybe they were a little overweight. Maybe they were deconditioned, a little uncoordinated. And it bothered me. I really because you see, in fitness, and why I'm able to do it for 45 years is because not so much i'm interested in giving someone a better bicep there's really an innate passion in me to give hope and physical fitness to human beings so yeah. when you scrape it down to the basics of why you're doing what you're doing you really can find great success and it's not from oh great this is a great business to be in right now i can make a lot of money oh great this is a great franchise orange theory fitness you know and that's why when Evan's describing you to me and what a motivating and inspirational coach you are, that's something inside of you. That's not because you walked into this facility because, you know, the facility was orange and it's your favorite color. It's because something inside of you drew you to passionately want to help people. And it sounds like you recognize that we appeal to all levels of human beings, the very deconditioned, the older person. And if you're really someone who understands again, what orange is about, it's about wanting everyone to walk in that room to experience the experience and exit going, wow, I was just next to a professional ball player and I'm like overweight and haven't been exercising for decades. And I love it. And that's what was missing that I searched for when I created this workout. I did it in my Pilates studio because I started to recognize this gap in group fitness. So I did it with my Pilates women. And I said, wow, this works all levels of women in my classes. I use a certain language of how I want to coach it. And so when these individuals were feeling like Ellen. We're not getting this in other metabolic workouts. I'm working with a personal trainer. I'm at a boot camp. I'm taking spin classes. Ellen, I'm not, it's that same group you talk about of the people who excel in fitness and I feel less set in it. I don't feel better. So it's that kind of stuff that, you know, drew me to do what we do.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. I I really resonate with the the thing you said in regards to your kind of mission is to provide hope to other people in, in their physical fitness. Because I think one of the things that lights me up the most whenever I'm coaching at Orange Theory or coaching in general is when you see anybody, regardless of what their ability level is kind of, Step into being able to do something that they didn't believe that they could do, and that then they start to believe in themselves. They start to have hope that they can take it to the to the next level, and then the next level. And to me, that's what just kind of lights me up and fills me up when I'm coaching as well. Um, So I definitely really resonated with that. But one of the things I was I was really intrigued is you started this when you were 54, so that's a little bit on the later side with a lot of entrepreneurs. Do you think? it had to be 54. Like, do you think you were ready at 44 or at 34? Do you think 54 was the right time for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I had always worked for others. So I had only been an entrepreneur working for myself and going and hanging my own shingle in business for, I would say five years before that. Otherwise, I had always worked great jobs, managed high-end spas, high-end facilities, you know, consulting for different fitness groups, but I was still working under their umbrella. So yes, I needed to have five years of experience business-wise of hanging my own, you know, sign out in front and not just be what I do well in fitness, but be a business owner, uh, know how to develop, you know, financial budgets, know how to develop proper marketing. There's a lot more to really owning your own business than just, I'm a great fitness coach and I could go out there and I can draw. And this happens all the time. Cause I do some, you know, consulting with it's a, a lot of women groups. Cause I'm very into women in business and, this is where they go wrong. You know, I'm a great coach. I could pile people in, but you're not great at business and no. you don't know marketing and you're not great at financially moving a business forward. That's what's so great about a franchise, is Orange Theory, because we bring all of those aspects to the owners, to the coaches, and how to coach for all levels of people, so on and so forth, to the managers. That's what's so great about, you know, our model that I see go very wrong. So back to the question of, did I need that? I did because I needed to learn how to be a successful business owner, which I wasn't. I was a very successful fitness person. That's not the same as a business owner.
0: Right. No doubt. And, you know, there's a lot of numerous different things that I absolutely love and respect and, and appreciate about Orange Theory, but- that might be one of the the biggest things in regards to, you know, I I studied, I was in the business school in college. I know a little bit about business and I've continued to learn more and more, but I also, I don't know if, if Evan told you, but in 2019, I did this personal project of, that I called 52 gyms in 52 weeks, where I went around to 52 different gyms in the Nashville area, all different modalities of fitness to kind of try them out and to learn about them and stuff like that. And one of the biggest things that, I saw and then I realized it's just like so many places like I'm not knocking any of them but so many places just aren't run well. Like they might be a good workout but they are not run well whatsoever and I think doing that like cuz my first job in fitness was at Orange Theory and so I just kind of thought that was normal and then when I go out to these other places I'm like oh my gosh like what are they doing? Like they have no idea what they're doing. And so I really I really appreciate that about it and I think that a lot of people especially nowadays, are impatient with trying to reach the level of success that they want to reach. And they're not realizing that, like, look, you need the experiences that you're having right now. You need to really soak it up. You need to intentionally learn, as you said, so that when an opportunity might present itself, you're ready for it.
1: Absolutely. So when that member came in and she presented that her husband was in franchising, and basically, as you said, you know, I didn't jump on it right away because that franchising word scared me. I knew nothing about it. And I said that to her. I said, April, I know nothing about franchising. I, I, I don't think this would be for me. I have this great, successful, you know, studio with this new workout that I created. Luckily, she came in a second time and I had spoken to some family members, some friends, and they had said listen, you've paid your dues. You've been in the business for five years and the stuff, these people obviously are going to bring a lot to the table and they feel you're going to bring a lot to the table. That's why there's an interest in this conversation. And it was right on. And what I learned about that and partnerships, and it's so key and so important to really have great success is You really kind of need three people in it. You need a visionary. And that was Jerome Kern, one of our partners. He, since age 20, he must have bought 20 different franchises in his life. He has campgrounds, massage envies, just all kinds of franchises because he's a visionary. He's someone that goes, there's something to this franchising concept and I'm going to figure it out. So he was a visionary. Then you need someone who's kind of the manager of, you know, the whole business aspect. And that's someone who not necessarily is a visionary because a visionary is moving at 90 miles an hour and maybe not paying attention to the detail. So the manager <laughs> who is Dave Long in our business, who's my partner, he's the one who's sitting there going, we need to make sure we have this position and they've got to have a couple positions under them to make this, you know, we this truck move like it needs to move and so on and so forth. And then you need the artist and I'm the artist. So how I look at this, and this is one of Tony Robbins' concepts, and luckily, you know, I I know Tony well. He's had me on stage with him at, you know, his business mastery, and it was very interesting what he brought up. Let me tell you a little bit why I think you're successful. I'm sure it's a lot of things, but you have a visionary, you have a uh, manager, and you have an artist as the three partners in your business, and the artist is the person who creatively creates the workout. I may not, and I know I'm not a great manager of a franchise. And that's what the fear was of me not wanting to take this on. Luckily, we always say that we kind of, I don't know, did we luck out or whatever, that the three of us who came together and joining each had each of these expertise that really made this explode.
0: Yeah. No, I love that you brought that up. And I think that was so key. I actually watched that that interview with Tony, um, a, a few days ago. And, uh, so I, I love that. I love that. And I love that you kind of hadn't kind of realized that that was the reason why it worked. And then he kind of put those three ter- terms to it and you're like, boom, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so kind of where did, where did you get connected with these, the, these other two, the visionary and the manager?
1: Well, uh, again, the wife of one of my members came okay, into my studio. Of- yeah and uh, of i mean of uh, Jerome the visionary okay my wife came in was a member of my studio studio yep. i created this workout it wasn't called orange theory it was called ellen's ultimate workout and it was as you see in the sense of the passion of the people it didn't exa- i mean it looked like there's words above the treadmills except it was red and gray as opposed to orange and all of these things but it exploded. And it's that same type of thing where all levels of people were coming in. They were getting great coaching that were giving them hope. They were telling everyone about this great metabolic workout that not only is shifting things bodily, but I, I really kind of love it, which is, you know, crazy. Cause here we're talking about a lot of that 80% of people who have been lost in the fitness world, who really have not found success in walking in gyms and doing boot camps that someone's yelling more harder and they can't go more and harder. So it exploded and she saw this explosion went back to her husband who was kind of always looking for a, a, you know a great franchise concept and uh, he invited Dave, who was the manager, to come and take a class and to have him sit down and have a conversation. The three of us just clicked then. And probably it was because our conversation led from the visionary to the, yeah. uh, you know, the um, manager to the uh, artist really having this kind of interesting conversation that everyone kind of went, oh, yeah, we need that. Oh, yeah, we need that. Oh, yeah, we need that. And we decided to each. Uh, throw in $50,000 and open up our um, pilot studio in Fort Lauderdale. So literally this business cost me $50,000. Wow. And we never paid a penny after that. (laughs) And we uh, opened up our pilot studio and that studio was in downtown Fort Lauderdale. It's studio 00001, because now we have 1400 studios and um, it took off. It just took off.
0: I would say, uh, f- for investment of fifty k, I think you got a pretty good ROI. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I really think that I think that's super cool. How you know the conversation probably went so well among y'all three because each of you needed like there there was a separate part of the conversation that each of the each person was stepping into and filling that gap for. Um, so that's that's really revealing to me personally as a uh, somebody who's Running my own business, I'm like, yeah, I kind of need that person and that person too. Um, but one of the things that you also talked about in the in that interview with Tony Robbins was that kind of early on, and it, it was kind of that gap between when April first came to you, and then that, and then you said that you wanted to have the meeting with her husband. That you said you kind of had a little bit of self doubt and a little bit of a limiting beliefs about whether or not you can do this because. One of the big, big reasons might have been there's at the time there weren't that many big female business mentors, if you will. And so you kind of had to overcome a little bit of that self-doubt. So was that kind of a a hurdle that you got over pretty early on or was that like a constant battle? And, and how did you kind of work, work through that and overcome that?
1: It is a challenge, you know, for women, because there aren't a lot of great examples of especially in fitness and franchising. In fitness, most of the gym owners, most of the big guys in fitness equipment or they're men, they're men. You don't hear a lot of women in the fitness industry who are, you know, at a very, very high level that were, you know, we're the aerobic instructors, We're the managers of, of clubs and, you know, spas, which I was. Right. And so, of course, that's going to, you know, make you feel a little insecure. And interestingly enough, I think what happened was because those other gaps were filled with the manager and the visionary, which were things that I'd sit there and go, how do we grow this? How do we like think of the detail that we need? I didn't need any of that. All they wanted me for is the artistry of the workout. So I think that as we started our journey together, built confidence because it ended up being them looking at me, informed me for what my strengths were. It allowed me to learn about how to grow a franchise, how to have the detail of managing such an animal, uh, you know. And we learned from each other. We've been together as partners for what now, 13 years. And it, it is the best partnership. And from what I hear, I've never had partners because I always, you know, just had my own little studio myself. Is That doesn't always happen. A matter of fact, it's very challenging to have partnerships. And so I feel very, very fortunate, knock on wood, that we the, those two guys always respected me highly, my ideas, my frustrations with things and what I needed to express. And we found a way to keep this moving. And listen, it always wasn't like a grand slam from Studio One. Studio One was a grand slam. Studio Two, Three, and Four were disasters. You know, this is when we sold them to other people. We weren't running them. And, you know, this is where we had to figure out how do we teach others how to Run an orange successful. So that's a whole journey in itself that we, you know, path that we got on. As a matter of fact, we actually stopped franchising about 18 months in because we decided we're not going to take anyone's money. There's no way we're going to do that as a franchise, or unless we have our act together fully and we're able to make them successful. From what I hear, again, that's very unique. No one, st- you know, starts to build a franchise model and stop at the eighteen month mark. Especially, we had people knocking at our door wanting to buy one, but we said we will not do that until we g- giving you the best product that we can give you. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I like that a lot, and I think I think you probably agree with this. There's probably. There probably would not be 1,400 studios if y'all had tried to just keep going at that point and you hadn't taken a step back and and got a little bit more maybe organized on y'all's and in regards to how to communicate with a future franchise owner on how to uh, run and operate smoothly. So you talked about how you've been partners now with those two for 13 years. I think that getting closer to the best version of ourselves, one of the most important things that we can do is learn how to... Maximize our relationships and, and connect on, uh, connect and communicate. What do you think has maybe been the three biggest keys to you guys being able to have this longevity with longevity with your partnership?
1: Yeah, well, I think the first word that comes to mind is respect, because it, it just in, in any relationship, if it's a marriage, uh, you know, with children, whatever the case, family members, once you lose respect. It's very hard because, listen, even though you try to keep emotion out of business, you know, you start to lose that with each other. It's very hard to be on the same team and push through the adversity that's going to come forward. So how
0: do you how do you think you gain respect from somebody?
1: Well, I think that in the beginning, there was a lot of communicating. There was a lot of like, listen, I don't feel that, you know, you brought me in on that decision to change this part of the workout and that. Really doesn't work for me, and you know you're being upfront about things. You you communicate in a in a clear, concise manner. trying not to get too emotional. I'm very Italian, so that was very hard for me in the beginning. <laughs> but luckily, one of my partners is very Italian too, so he got it. He kept saying, "Oh my God, I like all my family members." <laughs> so I think that that communicating right out of the gate, so that you know, are you good? Or, you know, you're checking in with everyone in the beginning is very very important. I think that, uh, so, you know, respect is there. I think that the vision is very important, that you're very clear on the vision. And we had a lot of conversations about that, of was our vision of let's put 30 of these on the map and maybe we'll own all 30. And this will be a great partnership for the three of us to own 30 successful studios. You know, are we good with that? Or are we, you know, gonna go gangbusters? We're gonna, you know sell these. We're going to get area reps. They're going to, you know, own an area that they're going to be responsible for putting up 40 of them and this. And so you all got to have the same vision, because if that's not the case, then there'll be frustrations of, well, I never really wanted to do this many or this and that, you know what I mean? So conversation, this is a lot of communication and conversation about that. So I think, you know, respect having the same vision. And then I'm one that has to believe you have to have passion for whatever this product is I don't care if you're selling like you know this I don't know what is this Evan? <laughs> whatever this is okay is it a computer is it a calculator whatever you're selling you know that you are so passionate about this is the best thing you are ever going to buy and use to figure out anything you have to figure out in life and that passion comes across and I still have it You know, we're 13 years old in Orange Theory. Like I said, 45 years in fitness. And I'm still very passionate about what, you know we do and i hear that often from our franchisees ellen i love when you're at convention i love when you're at summit and you present something or whatever because after it i just feel like okay this was definitely the right decision because if you're still that passionate about it i'm gonna bring that back and i i can keep this shit moving
0: We're going to take a brief pause in the interview really quickly because if you're somebody who is looking to achieve a fitness goal or maybe you lack motivation to get into the gym, you lack some structure in your weekly routine, or maybe you've been wanting to get back into the fitness game and get back to maybe your weight loss goal or whatever goal it is, and you're not really quite sure how. If that sounds like you, my 10-week program is for you because I help everybody set a very specific goal. Then we create a very specific strategy of the two or the three things that we need to do every single week that we believe are going to make us successful with our overall goal and then i will help you execute and I'll help you hold you accountable every single week so you do the things that you kind of know you should be doing but you're you're not quite doing them right now and that's what I've done with hundreds of people over the past 365 days over the past a little over a year and I want you to make sure that you are part of it as well and enough for me I want you to hear from the people who have done it in the past what they've got out of it and, and why they did it in the first place so here you go I cannot say enough good things about Nick's 10-week program. I have always been somebody who has worked out but never really had a fitness goal. If anything I really wanted to achieve, it was more so just to stay in shape. And Nick does a great job of helping you not only define the goal, but also realize what steps you need to take to get there. Tomorrow, as of my weigh-in week nine, I hit my goal of losing 25 pounds in 10 weeks.
1: Just the whole methodology of the program with it being one big goal, Followed by some smaller goals to help me reach that big goal, and then the weekly commitments to help me reach those smaller goals. During these times, it's helped strengthen my mental health and strengthen my focus, and really made sure to hold me accountable to my goals.
0: I'm so happy that I was able to hit the goal, and uh, so much so that I decided to do another 10 weeks with Nick.
1: I would recommend it to anybody, no matter what your goals are, if it's weight loss, if it's running a shorter mile, if it's anything you would like to achieve, I think that this program gives you the tools to set yourself up for success.
0: But one of the biggest benefits for me, and the biggest takeaway I had, was one I wasn't necessarily set out to improve
1: upon, and that was building more self-confidence and really instilling self-accountability. The program was great. Um, I'm doing it again, a second time, to continue my weight loss, and I just can't recommend it enough.
0: So again, guys, if you lack motivation, if you lack structure, if you want to get back into your fitness game, but you're not really sure how, then I want you to make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. For now, let's get back to the interview. I love it. You said the second one was having a clear vision and being able to communicate that vision uh, clearly amongst the three of you guys. And I just think that I think that in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves, it all starts with gaining clarity on a vision. It gets, gain clarity on the vision for what the best version of ourself looks like, and what that person's capable of, and what that person does. and And then I try to think about reverse engineering that person every single day. So one of the things I, that I thought about beforehand is what's kind of the appropriate because ba- in the beginning of in the beginning of you guys starting this, you probably didn't think, okay, we're going to have 1,400 studios. We're going to be in X number of countries. We're going to have a million plus members. So what's the balance of needing to have a vision, but also kind of like being okay with moving forward into uncharted waters, if you will, without knowing exactly what it looks like? Well, what's kind of the balance of vision versus I'm not really sure?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it all comes down to spending time and thinking about your purpose. Um, You know, I'm very clear of what my purpose is. My purpose is my contribution in this lifetime. Okay. So as you know, I'm 65 years old. So it's a type of thing when I was 25 years old and I was coaching group fitness, my purpose, like I said, might've been very different. It'd be, you know, give someone a great look and set of arms, give someone, you know, uh, get some body fat off of that woman's, you know, abdomen by getting excited about her diet as well as what's going on with the aerobic workouts I'm giving her. That purpose can change through life and it's okay. But what can't change is you being very keen to what your purpose is. Again, definition of purpose to me is what my contribution is in the moment in my lifetime. So right now, my contribution, or you're talking about going back to the very beginning, my contribution was very small. It was like, I wanted if we had three franchisees, I had this great passion. We want those three franchisees who believed in this product I created, who put some money forth to open up one of these studios. I just had great purpose and focus on wanting them to be successful and those coaches to be the best coaches. And we've got some of those coaches from 13 years ago still with us. And what's so great is that I think a lot of that was because I just, I didn't look too far ahead. I just stayed more in where I was at right now. What was my What was my contribution to three studios open? Those three studios being accessible and I put every ounce of energy into that. Then we got growing, the platform becomes bigger. Now my purpose is to have a platform of 26 different countries, a million members, you know, 1400 studios for all of these individuals who have put forth effort, passion, confidence in offering great fitness two human beings out there. And every day when I go into corporate and I'm meeting with the template design team and I'm meeting with the fitness team, we're constantly taking input in from you coaches, from members of, you know, maybe that workout, let's toss that one because that one really maybe didn't go over as well as, and this one, let's put that in the vault. We call it the vault. That's like a great one. And we put great effort and time into doing that. You know, we put out like, it's like something like 900 workouts a month. It's absolutely insane. the time you do three G's, two G's, 45 minutes, and it's like mind boggling that these professionals that we've got and the team we've got now, the newly hired individuals we have now are the best that's ever been in the Orange Theory fitness history. So I'm so excited about the next couple of years of what you know, everyone's going to be seeing. It's going to take a little time, of course, because kind of the you know, they plan them a couple of months ahead of time. But I'm very excited about where we're going with, you know, the professionalism of our workouts. So, you know, I guess the answer to the question is keep in the moment, keep it there. Don't start worrying about 12 months down the line. Do you need to kind of have a game plan? Yeah. But don't put all this effort into it. Put your effort into the purpose, your contribution, and what best you're trying to create right now. Because then you become the best at it and people recognize that. And that's what moves you forward.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I love that. And I couldn't agree more. And, and I really resonated with it. I think, you know, everybody needs to have, start with a vision. You start with kind of a a, a grand plan and a, and a big idea, but then you can't let the grandness of the plan, or you can't let the bigness of the idea paralyze you in the moment. You have to think about, okay, what does success look like for me today, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day? And, and that's what allows you to not get too overwhelmed and paralyze you. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Um, so one of the things I was also really interested in is how you made the shift from leading a bunch of clients And you probably had some employees at your studio, I guess as well, but leading a bunch of clients to leading a bunch of employees and kind of what the difference was there. And I know you had these other partners and maybe they did a little bit more of some of that work and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but what is the difference between leading clients to where they want to be and leading employees to where they want to be?
1: Yeah. So listen, I still coach it. So it's like, you know, not as much little group and this type of thing, but I always feel it allows me to, you know, keep handle on the pulse of what's going on on the floor with a group of people. And I think again, for them, it's about that hope word of mm-hmm. really success. Now the word success from, uh, from client to employee is the same thing. It's just different kinds of success in the sense that that, client is coming in and not worrying about maybe, you know, growth professionally, or, uh, you know, they're becoming uh, intentional learners and better as fitness professionals, whatever the case may be, that clients really wanting to be more successful at the feats you're giving them every day, the physical feats, the physical activities you're giving them. Um, But it's very similar in the sense of we all want success. It's just what the definition of success is. For the employee I have found, and I talk often to franchisees about this, is that, it's. I don't know if this is the fitness industry, which is really the only industry I know, but they want to really feel that their contribution is making a difference. Now, mind you, we certainly want to make financially, you know, good money in this type of thing. And the first thing, one of the conversations I had with my partners in the early days was, if we are going to do a franchise, I want to be it where the fitness professionals who come into it can make a living. I do not want that gym concept and you're paying them $10, $9 to train people and do all this. That isn't what I want. I, I in my studio, my original studio, I had paid well, like we pay. And I said I wanted that. So if someone's teaching 10 dozen, 15 classes, they've got a nice little very part-time gig going on that they're making a nice bit financially, because that is an important aspect of it, but also that, you know, we're making them successful at what they want to be in the fitness industry. We're giving them education, information the wise. We're listening to them. It's a two-way street. We're respecting them. All of these things that I think in the fitness industry, at least I did not see with fitness professionals, you know, uh, you were kind of poo-pooed if you went into fitness. I mean, I, I uh, you know, people waiting, Ellen, what's your career going to finally be one day? You know, they're, they're not laughing now at me, <laughs> <I tell> you <laughs> that. but you know, it was like, uh, you know, I was single parenting a child in this and then it's like, are you going to get a real job or so on and so forth? Because maybe I was in jobs where I had to find my own medical coverage and so on and so forth because it wasn't offered. But I knew that's what I needed to do. This is what my calling was while I was on this earth. So I knew that. I knew my purpose. And I wasn't going to alter it because maybe people thought I was supposed to be doing something else or society thought that. So it was very important that this fitness product gave people viable jobs good financial stability. Uh, and I think, you know, we're one of the few fitness uh, group training programs out there that have really put effort into that for our employees.
0: Yeah. I, I could not agree more as an actual employee myself. Um, I, I really like how you distinguished early on the you need to be kind of approaching the client and the employee as trying to fulfill their definition of success and the client that's that's hope with hope with their fitness and their physical fitness and with the employee i, I mean you could not have hit it more on the head in regards to financial stability and our, art and our, in regards to providing professional growth and learning and listening to them because you guys do so much of that at orange theory it's it's just embedded in the different systems and processes that we have that we're allowed to give feedback for the te- for the workouts where um we get so much constant education uh, because I, I know you know you get your certification early on, but so much of my learning has been through Orange Theory, and I felt like I've grown so much as a trainer and so much as a a professional in this industry just through training, and that's why so many people do stick around for so long. That's why I have been doing it for five and a half years now at this point. You still have people who are doing it from, from day one, so that is, could not be more true, and it could not be more apparent uh, to me right now. So Orange Theory, even since the time that I've been around, has made a lot of different, I'm using the to turn leaps, have made a lot of leaps. And, you know, you went from one studio to franchising, and then you pulled back, and, and then we, grew, you guys grew even more, and then you went to different countries, then you added new technology, you got the in-body scan, we're adding lift 45s. You know, there's a lot of these new leaps or new additions to it. Was there ever a most nerve wracking leap or a most difficult leap that you guys took?
1: you know listen the technology is always challenging because you know you're always going to have things you know my watch doesn't work this is a you know the 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 rower is you know you got all of these things that are going to you know have a chance to go wrong with technology so you know what I love about again you get to the manager that's Dave Long is that he you know was one that just felt we have to be you know the we have to own fitness technology. We own heart rate monitoring. We now at 13 years have more heart rate data on people than any other company from a Uh, an apple from anything because it's tied to a specific form of training where an Mm -hmm. apple, you know, everyone's running and doing their own thing and putting stats in. So if they wanted to really do some solid research or some information on hit training or whatever the case may be, we've got that data. And this is stuff that we're, you know, deciding how far we want to go with it, looking at being able to really come out with some statements that by doing this, this way, This is what happens to the human heart, which is the most important muscle in your body. So I would say technology is always hold our breath in the sense of, you know, do we go to another, you know, we went to the flex, we went to the, you know, and that one wasn't as good as this one and so on and so forth. But the beauty is we keep throwing it out there. And that's a big investment financially, believe me, from the corporate office of going, you know what, we're going to do this. And sometimes not, you know, it paid back as much as it should pay back. But it's, we feel that we want to be the leaders in this form of fitness training. And we're so far ahead of doing that, that that probably the technology is always the most challenging thing, but the most rewarding thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that, a lot of times you try when you when you try something new the biggest thing that's going to either spark you to do it or not do it is you believe it's going to work versus you don't believe it's going to work and so when there's these moments where you think it's going to you have a pretty strong belief that it's going to work but you're not really sure what, what kind of closes the gap to allow you to take action, if that makes sense, right? Like if you're here and, and taking action is here, but belief only takes you halfway, What's the thing that closes the gap to where you actually do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think from really sitting in those kind of brainstorming sessions and so on and so forth, it's back to that word vision. It's really having the vision that we want to leave a legacy of who we are and what we are. We brought interval group training, heart rate interval group training. We put it on the map. You know, no one was using heart rate monitoring systems. No one was, uh, you know, I mean, we even see a lot of copycats with our language now, endurance, strength, and power, this type of thing. Not that we created those words, but how we formatted it and how we had designed it in our workout. And that's fine. We're, you know, we're flattered. That's how we look at it. And, you know, we're pretty confident in what we're doing. But I think what that is, is have be, you know, such great visionaries in that. And that's where I have to really continue. Uh, you know uh, the contribution are my partners those guys when they came on board and wanted the artistry of you know you kind of really get the human body and how it works and you know a lot of different people from women who you know are comfortable working out with men and they're overweight and this and that and they're all coming in and doing this you've kind of worked with all that and we respect that but they're visionaries these guys they are like we're going for it. And I've, I've seen it in action. I got excited by it. And uh, sometimes I just grab onto the, you know, tail and take off.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Well, down, down to the last few questions here, Ellen, we've talked a lot about your, your two business partners, Jerome and Dave, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned from them over the past 13 years?
1: Um, I think because I never had partners and that type of thing is that um, you know collaboration is huge, and what can come of the right team in collaborating is, you know, offering all kinds of great insight that, you know, we talked about earlier that someone else might not have. And which initially, initially does, it kind of sets off some light bulbs in your head. So when you're sitting around and you're collaborating around something, and then someone throws something and you're like, oh, wow, yeah. And what if, and this type of thing happening. And this is what a big part of our growth growth was is really having those kind of minds, hiring those kind of people to come in and be a part of our team that in these collaborating sessions, uh, great things were discovered.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, and then a little bit to, to change to change tone a little bit for this question, we talked a little a little bit beforehand how you have a, a three year old and one year old grand uh, grandkids now. What do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself since becoming a grandmother?
1: Oh wow! Well, you know, I was so busy when I was a mother. You know what I mean? Poor Evan, I often ask him, "Are you sure you're, everything was okay growing up?" <laughs> I was great. I saw great discipline. I I think he
0: turned out, I think he turned out pretty well.
1: He turned out ridiculously well, but at that time I'm, you know, on the path of really working like crazy in the fitness industry and you know hustling and like I say it's a tough you know industry to be in especially way back in my days and you know the 90s and you know 2000 and that type of thing you know just getting out there and trying to make your mark so with grandchildren it's just pure bliss it's like I've got this time I you know come over here I live in Fort Lauderdale they're in Nashville I fly here I've got the concentrated time that I'm with them literally hours on and playing and just, if I tell you, I go home exhausted, but I go home and my heart is just like, it's, it's just overflowing with great joy. So that is what I think I'm sitting in moments of, of like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how busy I was at that time of trying to build something. But, you know, I'm thrilled that I've built something for you know my family and the legacy that it will leave.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's funny you uh, you you talk about your grandkids with just the same amount of passion, if not more passion, as you do with uh, when you talk about Orange Theory Fitness and you and your uh, I think you, you you know you talk about Orange Theory with a lot of passion, but not necessarily with like a, a sm- like a smile the entire time, I guess. But when you're talking about your grandkids, you're smiling and you're passionate. Oh, it was just cool to see. It was just cool to see. Um, well, uh, before I ask the last question, Ellen, I just want to acknowledge you again for changing my life, for changing so many others, but also for your passion around providing hope for others and their physical fitness, because that's, that's what it's all about. And that's what everybody is kind of looking for. Everybody is just like, kind of wants this, like, believe in me, believe that I can do this and they need somebody there to help give them that hope and hope, give them that belief and Um, I just think that you've done such a great job of that, obviously, over the the past decade plus with with Orange Theory and and the 40 years leading up to it um, that is just super special and it's affected so many.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I, I'm thrilled to have met you. And I love this because we have so many great people like you who are out there coaching all of these members. And you really get it, as I say, and put it in quotes, that you aren't in there. You know, I often say there's a trainer based, trainer-based coaching and there's student-based coaching. Mm-hmm. And fitness a lot of times have been trainer based coaching and what that is is a trainer goes in and it's about them this is the workout we're going to do today because that's the workout they do and they like and you've seen this for years in personal training and gyms and it really wasn't someone sitting back and going Yeah, but I got Betty over there who's like very overweight, and I'm asking her to jump up on top of a six foot box and leap off the other end. And it's just like a frame of thinking. And I really wanted a product that the fitness professionals coming into it were student based coaching type. Individuals where it was about them. So they weren't sitting there and so frustrated that well, why would we do this workout today or that workout today? They're sitting there and maybe processing, well, maybe the template design thought this would be a good one for Betty to feel. Maybe it's a little simpler today, and Betty needs some hope here, and not just always that group that wants to be driven into the ground fitness-wise, which is just that 20%, not the 80. Believe me, I'm constantly reminding my team about this because it's real easy to get into that trainer-based coaching. So I thank you because you sound like you are, like I say, and we have many out there, thank goodness, are, who are student-based coaches out there. So I thank you very much.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And I love that. I love that distinction for sure. And I know so many people here are going to just love this love this conversation and love hearing from you because I know so many people out there listening have taken Orange Theory and have taken, taken it for... A long time, and for those of you guys who have not, make sure you you go and try it out. I don't know if you uh, how you could not after hearing this this conversation. But the last last question here, Ellen, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we're ever at that best version of ourselves. We keep striving, and maybe on the la- our last day, we can take our final breath, um, satisfied that we got as close as we could. Um, And then I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that you're going to get closer to the best version of yourself is a little bit different than the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or currently work on to get closer to that best Ellen Latham that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Well, I have great difficulty turning off. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think it's just because, you know, you... I mean, I'm sure you can probably relate to if you're someone that you're looking to accomplish something, especially the last 13 years that we've been driving this, you know, orange theory ship down uh, the waters. It's you're on a lot, so I would love to find ways now. I do find coming to Tennessee. I was actually mentioning this in the car the other day that just driving, you know, over to Evan's house through the mountains and this country music playing on the radio, and it's just like, it's like, you know, I I think I feel a little calmer, you know, that I usually do at this time of day at home, and so I would like to work on, you know, doing that more so hard for me because I still feel like, like there's so much more we're doing with Orange and I want to be involved with, you know, it's very hard for me to, you know, kind of not stay involved. So that would be something that I'd really, you know, like to work on. I'm doing the other thing, which is really trying to spend as much time as I can, you know, with my son and with my grandkids because of all of those years of, you know, really pursuing you know my field of work and so on and so forth and you know i think that um i love being an intentional learner i talk about that i read a lot i have a library i'm not really a kindle person i'm or kindle what is you reading on that right I, i'm not that i need a book i need a like solid book that i read so i'm constantly you know reading all kinds of different topics from it being you know self awareness self help type of things to physiology to i just there's a lot of things i'm very into anti aging being 65 and I do a lot of biohacking personally. So I'm, you know, do the Jove red, Live, a red light wall at my house. I'm putting an infrared sauna in. I do cold plunge, you know, and salt water, you know, hot, I'm, I'm into trying to preserve these cells that I've been whipping around for 65 years so that I can get some longevity out of them. So I think, you know, my efforts in biohacking is definitely, up there
0: well those are three great things Ellen again it's been an absolute honor having you on today I know a lot of people got so much out of it I know I got so much out of it so I really appreciate your time thanks so much for listening to that amazing episode with Ellen be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member and if this was the first episode that you've listened to of the best you podcast then be sure to click the subscribe button and if you want to take it to the next level then be sure to rate it and review it on iTunes and the Apple podcast app and let me know what your favorite takeaway was from Ellen. Also, be sure you're following me and Orange Theory on, on Instagram at Carrier underscore best you and at Orange Theory. Man, that was such a cool interview for me. I hope you guys realize my excitement behind that. I mean, I cannot overstate the fact that Ellen has literally changed my life. The reason why I tell you that one more time, I know I've said it a couple of times in the interview, but I, the reason why I restate it one more time is because you never know the ripple effect that you might have in the world. She never knew the kind of impact that she was going to have on so many lives. Not just employees, not just the people who actually take the workout, but the people that those people affect. Like think about it. She got me into this space, so now she is largely responsible for any kind of impact that I might have on others and any kind of impact that I might have in the world. And I'm just one of thousands upon thousands of other OTF coaches out there and of other members that she's inspired. All to say, Never underestimate the power of a decision that you make. It could positively impact so many lives and it could positively impact your life so that you can get closer and closer to your best you.